This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about ceviche. Oh, more fun with pronunciation. Oh, yes. Um, Always, always, always. Yes, but that is also how I say it. And I do love ceviche. I had so, 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 so much of it and different kinds of it when I was in Peru. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I adore, I adore a ceviche. Growing up in South Florida, it gained popularity there, I think, before it became more widespread elsewhere in many other parts of the United States. So I was, I've been lucky to have Oh, yeah, some really good. Oh, now I just, I, this was a very, very, very craving filled episode for me. Oh, me as well. Um, I was like, I, I, you know, I couldn't remember if I, I didn't have a place in Atlanta that popped to mind for ceviche, but I was trying to go through and think, where can I get some? <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like most of mine, I feel like around Atlanta, it's usually either served in uh, like higher end restaurants as an appetizer mm-hmm. or uh, in the Spanish tapas places that we've got around town, um, neither of which are the types of restaurant that I'm frequenting during this, our pandemic. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> Heavy <Yes>. sigh. <laughs> Heavy sigh indeed. 
Mm. Um, at any rate, uh, in Peru, uh, June 28th is National Ceviche Day. So we're just about as far off as you can get from that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see our past episodes on poke, tuna, other seafood, because a lot of seafood can end up in uh, a ceviche. Oh, yeah. Yes, a lot of ingredients in general. So several episodes are probably appropriate for this. Sure. Um, Also lime. Definitely lime. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I guess this brings us to our question. Ceviche. What is it? Well, uh, ceviche is a dish that's most commonly made of seafood that's been chopped small and marinated briefly in citrus juice and seasonings, uh, served room temperature or chilled, and sometimes garnished with or mixed with chopped vegetables and or fruit for texture and flavor. The acidic citrus chemically cooks cooks and scare quotes the seafood, uh, making it firmer than it would be raw, um, usually just on the outside, sort, sort of like a, the chemical equivalent of a sear, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fresh and bright seafood salad, uh, tart and salty and spicy and with a tender chew. It's, uh, it's, it's invigorating. It's like a yeah. little celebration. Yeah, I <sighs> agree. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and people do all dang kinds of things with ceviche. Um, any kind of fish or selfish or crustacean or cephalopod, any kind of marinade incorporating liquids from tomato juice to coconut milk to shrimp broth to pickling brine, um, any kind of seasonings from hot peppers to garlic to fresh mint or basil to sesame oil, any kind of garnish from um, from avocado and mango to watermelon and wasabi peas. I've seen a vegetarian version of ceviche made with a base of, like, mushrooms and carrots and baby corn. Ceviche can be eaten with a fork or scooped up with, like, a crisp uh, toaster crackers um, or fried chips of whatever variety you like. Um, Mm -hmm. But the traditional preparation from northern coastal Peru, and it is originally from there-ish, um... The traditional preparation is just a white-fleshed saltwater fish, like a corvino or sea bass or sole, marinated in lime juice, seasoned with uh, hot ahi or ricotto peppers and salt, and served with shaved onion slices. And there are a lot of regional variations with other ingredients or garnishes or sides, um, maybe a different type of seafood, maybe a dried versus fresh chilies or different types of chilies. Maybe you marinate the onion too. Um, Maybe you serve it with some seaweed or Peruvian corn or sweet potato, but it tends to be a fairly simple dish. Um, Doing this reading, I got the feeling that this is a whole lot like Hawaiian poke. Um, Like other people do other things with ceviche, but there's this concept of ceviche that is very specific and everything else is sort of like, well, that's not ceviche, but we're glad you're excited. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. There's a bunch of dishes that are si- in similar vein. Um, that that kind of complicates when I was doing the history bit. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of very um, passionate and well, like big hearted argument about <laughs> What yeah. is and is not appropriate to do to ceviche on the mm-hmm. internet. I love it. Um, one of the common accompaniments um, is uh, leche de tigre, 
which uh, milk of the tiger in English, um, which was traditionally the small glass of the marinade off of the ceviche, but these days is made separately um, and is often served as an aperitif. Recipes vary, but it's basically um, alliums, you know, garlic or onions, um, and chilies marinated in fish stock and citrus juice, seasoned with things like a ginger or cilantro, sometimes blended, uh, sometimes strained. Um, sometimes it's served mixed with a white wine or a clear liquor for an alcoholic cocktail. And because time is a flat circle, uh, sometimes this is now used as a marinade for ceviche. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I love it. Uh <laughs> It sounds so good. I just, I really want to go make a batch of this, like, right now. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. <laughs> All these recipes are like, yeah, just get, like, just get, like, a, I don't know, like, two cups of lime juice. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I need to make this, but that's a lot of limes. Okay. Yeah. And I love how many of them started with, talk to your local fishmonger that you trust. <laughs> I know. I don't no. have one of those. <laughs> I should, but I yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. All right. We're, we're, we're working towards it. Goals. Yes. Goals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meanwhile, let's talk for a minute about that chemical sear. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. So, all right. When you, when you cook food, when you apply heat to, um, to seafood or, or, you know, other animal products, um, part of what you're doing is modifying the, the protein molecules in that stuff. You're making them uh, denser and tougher and pushing out water from in and among them. Um, and this is why a rare steak is sort of squishy and bloody, but a well-done steak is uh, chewy and drier. Or why a, a raw egg is liquid, but a scrambled egg is solid, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening here is that, uh, okay, so so protein molecules are long, bendy, curly things, um, each consisting of a bunch of atoms that are bonded and folded together in a particular complex structure. When you heat protein molecules up, though, um, some of those bonds break, unfolding the protein and leaving its atoms free to bond up however is easiest, rather than in their, like, complex, particular, original structure. So, they do. They do that. They they bond up however is easiest. And this generally results in denser bundles of protein that squeeze water molecules out of the structure of the meat, escaping as juice or steam, um, and makes the whole structure tougher and more opaque. Um, and the science word for messing with protein molecules like this is denaturing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the thing is that acidic substances can also denature proteins, um, break those same bonds, and cause a similar uh, restructuring. With most kinds of seafood chopped into bite-sized pieces and soaked in an acid like lime juice, you can accomplish something like a, like a medium-to-medium-rare texture in 15 to 30 minutes. Um, if you, yeah, I know, right? So fast, wow. so fast. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it starts happening immediately. Um, if you let it go longer, like hours up to overnight, you can bring the texture all the way to dry and flaky, um, sort of what you'd get if you like took, like if you like soaked beef jerky. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking this is what we experienced when we had a uh, Lummi Lummi salmon out in Oahu. Um, lummi lummi salmon being a side dish of, uh, of tomato and onion and little salmon bits. And the way that we had it served anyway, it had been marinating in that for long enough that the salmon got, got dry and sort of 
preserved tasting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? Oh, (laughs) (sighs) proteins are so great. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, it's not technically cooked the way that you would think. I mean, the the heating process also will involve some caramelization and Maillard process and things like that. But the acids involved will kill a bunch of the bacteria that cause illness in food. However, as with any seafood, you you always want to use good fresh product. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out to Render Magazine, by the way. Uh, The past few episodes that we've done, I feel like I've found really good science articles um, in in Render. So, yeah, check them out if you have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, uh, ceviche is really easy to make at home as long as you can go go to your trusted (laughs) fishmonger. (laughs) I felt like such a failure when I kept reading that. (laughs) Don't have one. Uh, you know, yeah, it's the important thing is to uh, source fresh sashimi-grade seafood. Um, inland, very frequently, what you're going to find, I mean, in in lack of a good fishmonger, is um, a frozen fish at supermarkets is frequently sashimi-grade. It'll say on the packaging. So um, oh. also, bonus, uh, freezing fish kills off harmful parasites that acid cooking will not kill. So yay. Yay for that part. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, All hope is not lost. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are looking to make it at home, uh, Serious Eats has a really good, really good recipe for it by by our very favorite food science writer, J. Kenji Lopez-Alt. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. But what about the nutrition? Well, it depends on how you make it, but ceviche is pretty good for you. Um, Most ceviche is made with leaner types of seafood, so uh, you've got a lot of protein, a punch of good fats, probably some kind of vegetation involved, too, so it'll fill you up and help keep you going, both. Ooh. Right? That's kind of rare over here these days. (laughs) Right? Well, we've been doing a lot of, like, desserts lately, but... (laughs) true. (laughs) Very true. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, as of 2012, there were over 2,000 cevicherias in Lima alone. Um, and wow. I understand that many of these are only open for lunch, as it's traditionally considered like a daytime food. Yeah, that's what that's what I read as well. And I'm fairly certain. I'm, I'm going to go look back through my food pictures from Peru and make myself hate myself and have all these cravings. But I'm fairly certain most of the ones I had were during the day, for sure. Oh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, there's a couple world records that I dug up. Um, one is from 2019. In that year, a thousand people from Peru's Institute of Public Higher Education in Naval Technology simultaneously did a ceviche tasting of three types of ceviche each, um, setting a Guinness record. Uh, the three oh. preparations that were offered were different types of fish and different marinades, one with lime, coriander, and chilies and onion, the kind of traditional, um, one with ahi amarillo peppers and lemon, and one with uh, ricotto peppers. The whole thing was in promotion for Peru's bid for UNESCO to declare Peruvian ceviche an intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Ooh, what a title. Yeah. I know, Also, right? for the record, if anyone needs people to eat a food to accomplish a world record, <laughs> you know, oh, you know yeah, where you to n- find us. <laughs> yeah, call us. We are here. We are here. We're ready. 
Yes. We've been training all our lives for this. Yes. Yes. We I, can help you. <laughs> I have been eating every day for mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much ever. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but here's here's another one. Um, the, the Guinness record for the largest seafood ceviche served has been hotly contested between Peru and Mexico over the years. What? <laughs> hotly contested. Um, for a minute, Peru held the record of 4.1 tons. Then in 2005, Mexico won the title with 4.5 tons. Then in 2008, <laughs> Peru's volley involved 300 chefs putting together 40,000 servings with five tons of fish, 2,500 kilos of limes and onions each, and 250 kilos of chilies and salt each for a total weight of uh, 6.8 tons. Yes. <laughs> that's that's about, that's nearly, very nearly uh, 15,000 pounds, if that helps you. That, no. No. <laughs> it's a lot. It's an astounding amount. It's an astounding amount, yes. Um, The chefs spent all night prepping the fish so that the dish could be composed in about an hour flat and gotten out to everybody. But then, Mexico won the record back in 2017 with 11.5 tons. Holy, not guacamole, my goodness. (laughs) Like, nearly twice. That much, wow. yeah. Um, oh. That that entry um, was made of uh, tuna, onions, chilies, cilantro, tomatoes, and lime juice. So that is oh. currently that is currently the record holder. <laughs> oh, I guarantee, I guarantee, around a table somewhere in Peru. Oh yeah, some chefs are like, we cannot let this stand. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. Oh, passion, right? It's just that, just I, it, it's so, it is so fun when people are this excited about food. Oh. <laughs> and there has been a lot of passion throughout the history for this dish. Yes, and we are going to get into that history as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. back thank you sponsor yes thank you and shout out to start this one a lot of the information in this history section was collected over several months of traveling by food historian and chef maricel presilla in her james beard award-winning book gran cocina latina the food of latin america which i want to read it sounds so interesting yeah um very helpful for compiling this but um also several books about ceviche so <laughs> i find that very interesting. Like you Love said, it. fashion. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <sighs> yes. Um, with that being said, this one can get a bit murky when taking into account similar dishes that exist around the world, as as we mentioned, and mm -hmm. theories about how they may or may not have influenced this one. Mm -hmm. Also, definitions uh, can get up in there, and we'll talk about that. But ceviche itself is thousands of years old. While we don't have any written records for its first iterations, historians suspect it probably originated in the northwest of Peru, perhaps specifically in a town called Wanchoco, 3,000 years ago when fishermen would sometimes eat their catch straight from the ocean, though others think the dish originated in Ecuador, and I even saw um, the Polynesian islands in the mix that yeah. they, people bought it from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some historians also believe that the pre-Incan civilization, the Moche, were the first to eat acid-cured raw fish 
Though some theorize that people were doing this curing fish with acid even before that, pointing to archaeological evidence found in an even older civilization where significant amounts of seafood remains and hot pepper seeds have been found in the guts of mummies. Yes. This is another mummy sequel. (laughs) We've already uh, pitched one. Here's another one. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Yes, the mummy franchise must go on. Clearly. And what better way than with a spicy belly? What better way indeed. While indigenous South American chiles have been cultivated for around 6,000 years, citrus wouldn't have been a part of the equation for these early ceviches. Um, Some people think it was, but most people doubt it. Um, Bitter oranges and onions were introduced when Columbus arrived in South America in 1492, and lemons and limes followed soon after. Some believe that the ancient cooks, yes, might have used a relative of passion fruit, the tumbo, for this citrus element. But others, including Presilla, argue it was too difficult to work with. And they probably just used acidic chili peppers and seaweed instead. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you talk to, though, and the definition you're working off, the origin of ceviche can vary wildly, where people will say, mm-hmm. oh, it was in, it was then. This was it the was one. Here. <laughs> exactly. No. Some people argue that ceviche was created by the Incas in the 14th century who would use available fruit juice and salt and or a fermented beverage called chicha to preserve fresh fish. Others claim it was invented in the 1500s with the arrival of Spanish conquistadors and the ingredients they brought with them. You know, I think it has a long, a long history and many stops along the way. Yes, many, many ingredients and techniques uh, and layers added over time. Sure, with the melding of cultures. Yes, and speaking of, others point to the 1800s because beginning in the late 19th century, Japanese folks began immigrating to Peru in substantial numbers, pretty decent numbers. And to this day, the country has one of South America's largest ethnic Japanese populations, a population that, along with Japanese cuisine, would play a major role in this dish's evolution, Mm -hmm. especially globally. More on that later. Mm Mm-hmm. Multiple sources seem to indicate that until pretty recently, ceviche was fairly localized. One famous Peruvian chef asserts that uh, ceviche didn't really start getting popular in the capital of Lima um, until 50 to 60 years ago. Before that, it was viewed as a fisherman's dish, and people mistakenly thought that the lime juice had to cook the fish and would let it marinate for 12 to 24 hours, which really toughened it up. Japanese immigrants familiar with sashimi and raw fish preparations began serving it immediately at their restaurants, which did kind of shift uh, how people saw ceviche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is when uh, when those Japanese immigrants entered the picture. This is when uh, leche de tigre started to shift from being a byproduct of ceviche to its own thing. Um, that shorter marination time meant that you didn't have a bunch of the juices left over from the preparation of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never get to say this, but I finally get to say it. According to folklore, Leche de Tigre is considered an aphrodisiac. I feel like we should have balloons for you and confetti. (laughs) (laughs) It finally happened for you, Lauren. (laughs) Well, this day you shall remember. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's also apparently considered a hangover cure. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay. Both. Yeah. Both, 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 both. 
Um, okay. Well, thanks to the West's uh, familiarity with raw fish preparations in Japanese cuisine, um, they were ready to embrace ceviche when it started making its way around the world in the 20th century. And I think we've talked about this several times, but it's kind of the 80s was the big, for the U.S. anyway. Yeah, big opening push for that, yeah. Yeah, people started eating sushi a lot more. It became more mainstream in this country. Um, the L.A. branch of Japanese restaurant Nobu was one of the first to include ceviche on their menus in North America in 1987. But other sources claim that ceviche, or at least a very similar dish, was appearing on menus in Florida by the 70s. Wow. So there you go, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> According to one article I read, ceviche first started growing popular in the UK in 2011-ish. And yeah, it was uh, it was the early 20-teens here in the U.S. too, I think. Um, from 2009 to 2013, ceviche began appearing on 26% more restaurant menus. And right at the time, uh, sushi was also really picking up. Raw oysters were getting more national attention. In an article from 2013 um, in Nation's Restaurant News, um, which is a great publication, Chef Andrea Carbine, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly, uh, it, she called ceviche a gateway food into the raw bar world. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is, right, because, you know, like like purely raw fish might be a little bit intimidating to some people, but but yeah, it's not... The texture isn't that different from cooked fish or like at least like a good like medium rare tuna steak or something like that. So mm-hmm. and depending on how it's made. But yeah. Yeah. And this sounds really silly and probably some chefs hate this. But I think the like crisp or the chips aspect, like some people that like they're they're cool with that. And they're like, OK, I'll try this because I got the chip. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. I am comforted by the fact that there is a tortilla chip involved. Put anything yes. on a tortilla chip. I am likely to try it because I want the crunch. <laughs> Yes. And the fry of that chip. So Mm -hmm. if it happens to be acid-cooked fish, then fine. That's all right. I could be wrong, but I do suspect for some people, they're like, okay, chip situation. I can try this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was reading, I was just reading all of these different preparation notes that were involving things like homemade plantain or yucca chips or things like that. And I was like, oh, I need to eat this right now. Yeah. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I love how we so often in these episodes in this state. Of, yeah. How am I going to get this? <laughs> and then now. right and then people kept talking about passion fruit and passion fruit is like my favorite thing and oh, okay, all right. It's yeah. fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Definitely. <laughs> it's also real it. it's also really tying back into my scallops craving um uh-huh. because because scallop is a pretty frequent ingredient in like modern multicultural ceviche so yeah yeah i was thinking about that too i was thinking about that too (laughs) well heavy sigh heavy sigh indeed (laughs) um i we should stop now i guess that's what we have to say about ceviche at this current juncture um but we do have some listener mail for you we do and we will get into that after one more quick break for a word from our sponsor Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with a listener. listener. Invigorating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was telling Lauren that there's a plant in here now in my studio, and it's quite the long story, and I won't bore you with it, although it's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but I have to be careful with my hand gestures now. <laughs> oh. It's kind of right behind me. <laughs> Maybe I should move it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you apparently just keep getting like a handful of plant and it keeps startling you. Uh, it does. See above, re Annie is very easily startled. and <laughs> Yes, but that was a very uh, gesture-full, gesture-filled listener mail <laughs> jingle. It was. So. It was. Most of them are, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just going to have to keep this in mind. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Lauren and Chad wrote... My husband, who is your biggest fan, and I are listening to the Marzipan episode, and I was transported back in time to a very specific experience with Marzipan. When I was nine, my family lived in Norway, and I remember Marzipan being a common addition to many cakes and treats. 
For Christmas, a family friend gave me and my sister, who was four, each a marzipan pig, just plain marzipan, nothing else added to it in the shape of a pig. I'm guessing it was at least a quarter of a pound of marzipan each, which we ate in one sitting. Oh, uh-huh. Needless to say, our experience <laughs> with marzipan was significantly altered after this overindulgence to the point that we actively would run away from it for the next few years. I think we've both finally come to terms with the fact that it is a good addition to many treats, but I don't think either of us will ever be able to eat it on its own again. <laughs> Oof. Yep, that's quite a lot. That is a lot, especially for, I mean, that would be a lot for a full-grown adult let alone a tiny child. So, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you've kind of been able to to accept it in some places at least. Um, yes, yes, that's that's good cuz right, right. Mhm. As someone who has I've told the story before, but I definitely went a way too much chocolate once. I paid the price. Um, <laughs> but I'm very glad I'm still able to eat chocolate. Me too. Oh, that would be a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Lauren and Chad came to Atlanta recently, and they had a great time. So, oh, yay! Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you had enjoyed yourself here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can be mm-hmm. we can be a hospitable city. We can be. We try. Me and Lauren always down to give some advice. Tips. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If y'all are ever coming into town, um, uh, yeah, let, let us know. Annie has an extremely well filled out food map of, <laughs> of where to go and what to eat. Um, yes. yes. I mean, honestly, you. for a lot of cities, not just Atlanta, but. <laughs> yes, Atlanta's probably the biggest. Yeah. Um, yes, and I think that was a very kind way to put my map situation, so I appreciate that, Lauren. <laughs> it, is, it, is a whole, it is a whole situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, Claire wrote uh, and, and sent us a recipe for crepes. Um I've been making crepes since I was very young, and it really is easy-peasy lemon squeezy. That's a crepe pun, since butter and sugar and a squeeze of lemon juice is my favorite crepe topping combo. I'm half French, and my dad and grandma taught me to make crepes. For us, it wasn't really associated with the holidays, just a nice weekend breakfast when we were in the mood for a slow morning, as Annie so aptly calls them. My family recipe is one of those that doesn't have real measurements. Everything is done uh, au pif, did you say, Annie? Yeah? Au pif? Mm-hmm. Uh, as we would say in French, um, it means by the nose or intuitively. I'm including it below. It really is super easy. As a half French kid who grew up in mostly the States, I would often make crepes the morning after sleepovers at friends' houses in middle and high school, much to the delight of my pals and their parents. A note on toppings. In France, at least in my family and at crepe stands I've been to, the simple toppings tend to rule for sweet crepes, a butter and sugar with some lemon, Nutella, or jam. I feel like crepes loaded with tons of fruit and topped with whipped cream are more of an American contribution, but I may be wrong on that. It's purely based on my own observations. Funny anecdote about maple syrup on crepes. My family and I lived in Montreal for a time before landing in the States. My dad still lives there, and as you can imagine, maple syrup is a big part of life in Quebec. We really enjoy it on crepes. As a kid, I didn't realize that maple syrup was not ubiquitous in France. When I was about 10 or 11, I completely befuddled the person running the crepe stand at a small community pool in the rural Alps when I tried to order a crepe with maple syrup. Also, another note on pronunciation. I don't think Lauren needs to feel bad at all about saying crepes in the American way on that phone call, even though a French person happened to be present. In my mind, it would be pretty outrageous to expect people who speak completely different languages to pronounce things the same way a native speaker would, 
especially when a word that has been fully adopted into the English language and has kind of become its own thing. As someone who is bilingual and could say crepes with a French accent, I still say it in the American way if I'm talking with English speakers and in the French way if I'm actually speaking French. One in Rome and all that. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that's very kind of you. <laughs> yes, say. thank you. <laughs> um, and I, I do think that makes sense because... I mean, obviously, this is a huge conversation. This is a food show. But French as a language is very, like, the sound doesn't stop. It's the whole key. Yeah, yeah. So I can see how, like, if you're in the flow, and it, it you, that's just how you're saying it, whereas English has kind of our starts and stops and, yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is right. It's it's different, um, slightly different inflections and and um, different common vowels um, and, uh and so, right, right, sure, it it totally, I mean, I don't know, like, like in, in, in this ceviche episode, I felt really, when I pronounced, what did I, pro- oh, oh, um, a milk of the tiger, uh, when I said, mm-hmm. when I said it with that rolled R at the end, I felt immediately really goofy, because <laughs> I'm like, am I really overpronouncing this? But then I was like, I don't know, it's kind of, a, I don't, know. it's, it's a very strange um, and interesting uh, conversation that certainly is larger <laughs> than this episode. Yes, yes, Um but uh, we do appreciate that. And also, all of the recipe. Yeah. All of these crepe facts. Oh, oh. thank you. Stories. Mm-hmm. I do love that you asked for maple syrup. And they were like, the heck is maple syrup? <laughs> <laughs> Who <laughs> like, are you? What are you talking about, you strange child? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. 
Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.